Hello, everyone, and welcome once more to your favorite hour of the week, the Chit Chat Hour. It is the hour of Saints Radio, and we're so very thankful to be able to reach out to you and to to see the things that God is doing across our network and to give glory to him and perhaps maybe to uh, brighten the corner of somebody who's in a remote area of the world and you feel perhaps over the past couple of days basically alone. Your life is lacking in chit-chat. Yeah, you need some chit-chat. That's what it is, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So... Wouldn't it be great if I could find a Hebrew word that's pronounced chit-chat? There, there probably <laughs> is that. It probably means don't ever do this. It's, it's, probably, it's probably the ban or something like that. It's funny because I, I, I have a, a nephew, and he's two, and I adore him. He's precious. You know, when the first baby comes into the family, or for in your case, the first two babies, um, they're just absolutely the prize. And so Liam was born, and my sister and her husband, Liam's grandparents, they decided that they wanted to be named grandmother and grandfather in Hebrew. Ah. Uh-huh. So she is Sasa, and he is Saba, except she she says Sasa. And and so I thought, so they're talking about this, and they're trying to teach him how to say this. And I'm like, well, I want to be cool. So I'm going to be anti in Hebrew. So I Googled it. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I clicked on the little sound guy, and it literally is doodah. <laughs> <laughs> so I have become anti doodah. Camp down races, sing this song. <laughs> Doodah. <laughs> boy, I say, boy, this is your aunt. And the thing about it is, is I'm auntie to their parent, to his parents, and to all my nieces and nephews. And now I'm auntie doodah, and it, I never thought it would stick, and it has absolutely stuck. And now I'm like thinking, wait a minute, for the rest of my life, I'm going to be doodah. So what's that make less, dude? He's uncle. I, I don't know. I didn't <coughs> Google that. I didn't Google uncle. Or maybe I did. I just, it didn't like. Cowabunga, stra- doodah. doodah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So we there has to be a Hebrew. The fun. lion of doodah <laughs> will break every chain. That's me. Oh, that's my me. Goodness. I am anti doodah. That's some funny. He's funny cute, stuff. though. He, it's cute when he says it. He loves, it, it's cute. It, you know, it's so cute when they're little and they, they learn how to, to say things. Like he loves to say Noah. So she'll get him, and she'll say, she'll get him on the video and say, say hi to Noah, and he'll say, hi, Noah. He loves to say Noah. It's like this cool thing to say. Wow. Yeah, it's fun. That's great. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. See see the benefit <laughs> of, listening. of chit-chat. See? Because we won't find this anywhere, and uh, it should... Uh, it should have brightened your day a bit. Just that one thing from now on. Do you know how many people 
are going to be sending things to you. I can be prophetess doodah. As do- <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we're, we're going to unveil a hidden Hebrew word. Uh, uh, this is the, you've heard of the Nabi prophet? This is the Duda prophet. <laughs> oh, I want to hear about that. Oh. I want to hear it. Tell us. Tell us, Duda. No, no, I don't think you can handle it. Please tell us. <laughs> well, you know, the other day, the, the twins have to do a living history presentation on Friday morning. So for Texas history, of course, is there any other? So Megan has to be Lady Bird Johnson. Did they get to pick? Oh, I think these were assigned. But uh, Allie is Cynthia Parker, who was abducted by the Comanches and became the mother of the famous Indian warrior, Quanah Parker. So I've been talking to Allie about the Comanches, you know, and telling her the story of how Cynthia, Cynthia Parker was abducted and the, in East Texas. And, you know, so I'm trying to tell her the backdrop because, you know, I, I think it's a fascinating story. But um, so I got, I got her looking at Comanche words, you know, how they're pronounced. And um, it's very hard to find this. Like there's there's this big there's a rather rotund fellow who is from Comanche blood who does these big presentations on on YouTube and like he'll say how to say I love you or he'll say listen to me or he'll talk about you know these things and then UCLA has a a library of Comanche words they're trying to preserve so like dog and cat and horse and and it, it's really weird. So I said, Allie, Kelly's going to dress them up as this. So I said, you need to get up there and you need to say, my name is Cynthia Parker. And then say one of these Comanche words and, you know, say, listen to me. That's a that's a really good one. Or hello or, um, you know, one of those. Well, she can't grasp the concept of why she would even want to do that. And I said, well, it'll really show that you you know what Indian tribe she was with. And, and it will really grab the attention of people. But she's not going to do that. No. She said, at that age, that's embarrassing. <laughs> but she's going to be dressed up. It's kind of funny. Maybe I'll take some pictures and send them to Doodah and we can put them up on the, uh, Well, since I'm Aunt Monica to them. You're going to tell them that. They're going to start calling no, me doodah. It's okay. I won't tell them that. I am, I am happy to be the Hebrew auntie. Honor my Jewish blood. Well, well uh, Olivia was Laura Bush. I remember I remember that. She she was Laura Bush and well you re- I think you remember because yeah. she wrote Laura a letter and Laura wrote her back. I remember that. And yeah, so Yeah. Those are fun days. So anyway, Two, two Can you go and watch? Yes, I'm supposed to go. So I'm going to be there Friday morning. That's so fun. Um, I miss those days. <laughs> I really do. Olivia is now teaching third grade. And she, yesterday she had to teach them division. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, she's, te- she's texting me and she's like, oh, my gosh, I taught them wrong. <laughs> 
And she's just like in this panic because she's got the pastor's little girl in there. And she's a sweet, sweet little girl, but she's very smart. And she'll tell Olivia when (laughs) she doesn't understand or when she doesn't think she's. And um, so Olivia last night was sitting at the table going over elementary just papers and papers on how to teach this and how to teach that, which she's never taught before. I'm so proud of her. And so this morning, she's right before I came up here, she sent me a picture of them, and they were you could see them on you know at their desk, and they were doing their division. And she in capital letters, she said, "They got it." <laughs> so, <laughs> well, Olivia was always day. good at math. She was always good at math, and I you know I said when she said, "Oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to teach them these things," and I said. Simple arithmetic is e. You can do simple arithmetic, and she said, "Oh, I know, but there must have been something that was a catch." Yeah. Because I mean, even Les was sitting at the table last night. They were trying to figure some stuff out. So, anyway, that's funny. Well, now while she was good at math, though, the phonetic approach to spelling <laughs> at that school was really funny. And oh my gosh, I've got so many notes that she wrote me in, in my in my in my office and there every now and then I'll pull them out and just it it's heartwarming but it's really funny. Oh shit. It's really funny. I don't think they do that anymore. That's good. They they did what and this was a very good solid yeah, private school they school. went to. But they started off when they were in kindergarten I think or maybe even before that pre-K teaching them they wanted them to be able to learn how to express themselves so every day they would have a journal and they would write a daily journal entry, whatever they wanted to write about. And they, they didn't have to worry about spelling. Or they just spelled it the way they thought that it sounded. And so I have these journals of them <laughs> because it was really before they learned how to spell. Well, yeah. what that did was, <clears throat> I mean, it did great things. It taught them how to express themselves, but it did not do much for their spelling. Yeah. So... Well, it's funny because the twins, they used to, they write me all kinds of stuff, but they used to write D-E-R-P-O-P-O, der popo. Popo. And so popo got, and doodah. That's a thing Kelly will say, <laughs> der popo. And um, it's funny. I've got a little sticker going out of my office on the wall that one of them wrote to me, der popo, have a nice day. And it's still there from many years ago. <laughs> so you're Pastor Popo. Popo. Yeah, and you know, I I I think those are great. Now, Debbie, on the other hand, they used to call her Waka because she'd get that massive stroller and walk them down to teach. Oh, and she'd say Waka, and they would call them her Waka. Well, she wasn't having any of that. Oh, that's cute. I think that's cute. Well, I thought it was too, but that was not going to be. That was that was not going to be. But Popo was fine with me. So anyway, well, that's enough chit chat. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it, and um, you get a little glimpse into the window of our lives. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Outside of what's well, never outside of who we are, because uh, I was blessed to read the latest uh, regaling of uh, Saints Network First Saturday Words, and um, I'm so grateful for the privilege of uh, being able to pray together with our saints family around the world it it's i I knew i knew it had meaning to us early but like yesterday i read or this morning i read the word that pastor hervey sent from 
Bennett. And, you know, those folks are, they're trying. They're, they're on the front lines there in a very demonic culture. Mm-hmm. And um, they've been booted out of their church fellowship. They, they've been told that what they're doing scripturally is wrong. Does that sound familiar to anybody? But yet they, they're holding on. So I read that word and I thought, Lord, bless them. Um, so that being said, if you have not submitted, if you were praying and you've not submitted your word to the powers that be, or that, that's not a good phrase, to the, the, uh, to the places which you know you're supposed to send them to, um, please do that. Please do that. I just think it's so it's such a miraculous thing that we can join together according to just the directive of the Lord from the throne, from here, from Africa, from France, from Switzerland, from Belgium, all over the country, all over the nations, and and sharing this together and be able to to glean and compile and and really hear what the spirit is saying to the church and it to me it is such a miraculous privilege and huge benefit that we have that we are able to connect over the miles and miles and miles um, and communicate like this yeah it's amazing yeah and i just i'm i'm with you every month i I don't marvel because I know how good God is and how he's manifesting through each of you. But I do marvel in just the gifts that he's bestowed upon this people and the way that he is so faithful, not only to meet us in our intercession, but to speak to us. And I know that he hears our prayer. And, and I, you know, first Saturday is not even, it's not a prayer request. It's a partnership. It's a it's a intercession. It's supplication. It's what's on his heart, and how can we partner in intercession in the spirit according to what he's doing from his throne? And it's it's very much like a halal. So, or I guess it is halal. So. Well, it is. It's the it's the rudiment, the rudimentary um, elements of halal, but. I, you know, God is, you're right. God is taking us deeper into that. And, um, you know, and, and when you talk about gaining a, a spiritual picture of something or a mental uh, appreciation of, of a vision, people get antsy. And they say, oh, that's divining or it's some other type of wicked type of thing. But you could say that about just about anything that is in the scripture. People in the demonic realm take those principles and they misuse them and turn them toward wickedness. And um, but But I know that over the past number of weeks, 
God has just been issuing that. And I'll I'll make a confession here. You have do Wait, you should have I your, should I put my collar on? You put it on there. And let me shut the door so you can't. Just so yeah. We have this little screen here. Mm-hmm. Um there are a lot of times when I'm praying in the spirit when I'm here in the sanctuary or somewhere else, all of a sudden my my mind and my vision inside my spirit is filled with things that I've done in the past or um, things that were really fun in my life. Um, and it's like the screen just ignites and I see these things. And and I I immediately have to tell speak into my spirit to shut that down. And the reason I'm saying that is I think that we all have capacities like this, and um, and God wants to use them for the kingdom. Now it's not you just conjuring something up. It's something that the Spirit would bring, and you enter into that vision, and you make declaration, and you call it forth. But I wondered whether, you know, see, when the anointing comes, it it touches the places of your gifting. It touches the... Um, the things that God put in your life to serve the purpose he puts you on earth for. and But you have an issue with that because either those places have not fully been activated because you didn't know you were supposed to be using them, or you were using them in ways that were just... Um, in your human encounter and 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 it, it's like what we talked about you have to be really careful when you enter into the things of the spirit because your iniquities which are twisted purpose are going to be mobilized and we've seen how many times over the years that people begin in the deeper things of the spirit and then sooner or later they have to face up to their iniquities and those iniquities very often take precedence and they go off. So I think that for what I just said, when the anointing for this, which is throughout the scripture, comes to me, I ignite into other ways that I've used that. And thankfully, none of them have been demonic or lustful. But you have to cast those things down. Yeah, and you you have to recognize what's going on, and not just go with it. And yeah, yeah. Because you'll your prayer time will become totally mm-hmm. fruitless. Well, well, yes, spiritually fruitless. Truly, <laughs> because, truly. I mean, it might be a nice memory, but and, and it's but it's not the time, and, and it's you shouldn't be doing it anyway. You forget the things of the past. You move forward. But, but then on the other hand, I know that the enemy has tried to use those wicked imaginations um, in people's lives. 
like why the people imagine a vain thing, the scripture says. Or somebody will imagine, um, you know, the anointing is there and all of a sudden a jealousy arises and they imagine things and they speak those things or they become convinced of those things. When those things aren't even there, it's just an enemy agenda. It's an enemy attempt. And he's utilizing a gift that God has given to you. So I I really believe that it's it's a type of the prophetic. You know, if we're if we're speaking into the crypto of people, that is a prophetic calling into the things that God has given them to be, the hidden place within their spirit. But there are other things that God would want to show us about what he wants to do and it's the vision empowers without vision people perish but with vision you should thrive vision is part of the seven spirits of god and you know the eyes of the lord and so we need to we need to really captivate that within ourselves and like you said the halal what does god's spirit want to show us that then we can grasp and envision and begin to declare or prophetically offer. And what do we expect to happen when we employ that capacity which God has given? So I've been trying to press the envelope of this over the past few months. And like, you know, for instance, I'm praying, many of you are praying for, and I haven't gotten approval to say this over the waves, but this is a gentleman in our church who had a hospital procedure today. Thankfully, I just heard he's out and doing well. But I've been, as I pray for him, I've been envisioning him walking and smiling and being well. And I've I've been asking God for that, but I've been envisioning it and proclaiming it. Now, that's a simple step, but I I think there's power in that. You know, it's interesting because there's so much, I, I, I totally agree. Because if you're, if you really are halaling, halaling, and his spirit within you is embodying what he's doing or what he intends to do, then that's so powerful because you're prophetically walking that out. And, you know, it's interesting because on Saturday, our our assignment, we are in this season of halal. I think this whole month is probably going to be halal. And then, you know, on in, because like you said, it's a lifestyle. It's something that we need to to um, really Develop. embody. Yeah. But I'm with you. I mean, I feel, I'm pressing the envelope. So Saturday when I came in to pray, I, th- I mean, I made sure that I... I disciplined my mind and and I came in with no agenda at all. You know, in my thinking or anything, the the assignment is in me because I received it as it came from the throne through the apostolic directive and and so I just walked in wasn't even thinking about it. And I love the when the Lord just shows you something that just surprises you because you know there's no way you could have manifested that. It's just so surprising. But I, I was praying, and I was really pressing, and I thought, you need to halal. And so 
I began to halal, and I'm just peering in. You know, I'm really trying to see what's happening at the throne. And all of a sudden, the Lord showed me what's happening here. I mean, he showed me the manifestation of himself here in our house, in our sanctuary. And it was his foot. It was his footprint. And it was just such a suddenly, like such an unexpected vision. And I, you know, just from what we've been taught and what we know, we know what that represents is his kingship. It's his his rulership, yeah. his dominion. And then the Lord just began to develop that in my intercession about taking domi- he's taking dominion over the multitudes of things, not only our assignments, the new territories, you know, all the things that he's having us tread, but also the, the challenges and the things that we've we've been facing and are walking through. He has dominion over those things. And so, yeah, we walk through it. It's a walk of faith, but the enemy has no rule there. It, it belongs to him. Well, I, I started reflecting just the last couple of days of what that meant. And and we understand just from what we've been taught that that word for kingdom, basileia, uh-huh. the root of that is basis, and it means the foot. And the one time that word is used in the New Testament is when Peter and John go to the the gate, and the lame man is at the gate, and, you know, silver and gold have I not. Extend, you know, look at me. Remember, Peter says, look at me. Mm-hmm. And he makes the guy look at him. And he says, rise up and walk. And the guy gets up and walks. And it speaks of his foot and how he begins to leap and praise the Lord. And I, I really do think that that speaks into the multitude of healings and and things that so many of our saints are having to endure and walk through. But God, his sovereignty and his, his rulership is over all of those things. And we have to lay claim to that and and not let the enemy get a foothold, no pun intended, <laughs> into our thinking or into our belief that the Lord, you know, it's his kingdom. We're the kingdom of God is within us. And I just, that really encouraged me. It really did because it was just such an unexpected vision, halal vision that I didn't see in heaven. I saw it here. And, um, and then subsequently I just have laid claim to it in all of the houses and, and, you know, in all of our lives because anyway, it's just, to me, it's just something very prophetically real for us right now. So, that's terrific. I remember you you mentioned that, but it bears repeating here today. And um, so I don't know what type of vision God may be giving you. Um, you know, I remember years ago teaching on the times in the New Testament where, like, Paul fixed his eyes on Elamus, the sorcerer, and said you'll be blind for a season but but the fixing of the eyes and i wonder it doesn't just mean look even though that's the way we interpret it i'm wondering if there's not more to that because every time that happens there's a there's some kind of a miracle or some kind of a release of the power of god and there has to be a connection 
with what has been envisioned and what God wants to do, which is, you know, because you don't have to fix the eyes on something. You know, Genesis doesn't say, and God said, let there be light, or God said light. He said it. You know, the, the, the greatest example of faith in the New Testament, according to Jesus, was when the centurion said, you know, you don't have to come. If you just speak the word, it will be. And I'm a man under authority, and I say go, and they go, and I say come, and they come. And Jesus marveled. So the word is powerful. But in those instances where the eyes are involved... Um, yeah, every time I've read that that account of Peter and John, there's so much in that story. It's 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 such an incredible story. But that one part has always just captivated me because he, I mean, he gave a command to that guy and said, "Look at me." He made him look at him, and and I always attributed it to. And I think that I I don't have my study in front of me because I know it was several years ago. But I think it had something to do with him seeing what God the Father was doing at the throne mm-hmm. and him making that man look and see because but I agree with you I think that there's there's something to that I mean think about just through the Old Testament how many times I was just reading in Habakkuk no I'm sorry Malachi where he says Habakkuk says it too or maybe it was Habakkuk excuse me forgive me um you know, that I would see what the Lord might say to me. And we've talked about this mm-hmm. so many times. The prophets said that over and over, that they would that they would see what God would speak to them. Yeah. And so our vision is very much connected with the prophetic gift of hearing. And, and God is, he's honing that in us, but he's also, there's a grace there. And, and but we do have to, like you said, we have to proactively press the envelope we don't want to manifest you know we don't want to manifest anything um but well you know you hear what i'm saying yeah we don't we don't want our never mind we we need to press the envelope prophetically in this month because it's such a moment of grace and development and just the the broadening and and just us believing and, and I think that's one of the things I walked away with on Saturday. I may have put this in my word. I can't remember that we have to think, we have to believe, and we have to lengthen the cords and strengthen the stakes because there's a, an expansion in every one of us that the Lord is trying to do. And we don't want to miss the moment. So it's yeah. exciting. Well, you know, there are so many of those types of verses, like when Paul said, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened so that you can comprehend height, death, width, breadth, and the inheritance of the saints. Mm-hmm. What is the inheritance of the saints, you know? It's it's what we're supposed to be functioning in as heirs and joint heirs, according to our calling. But you have to have the eyes of your understanding enlightened. Eyes. He could have just said, your understanding be enlightened. But to see something. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, the inheritance of the kingdom. I mean, I, we're heirs in this kingdom. And so, uh, 
we will rule and reign with him. And it's, the Lord is doing so much. Yeah, we thank him for that. We sure do. So, um, if you haven't sent your word in from Saturday, do it. Um, we're praying about what to do at the turn of the next year, calendrically. I believe we are already moving into, we've already moved into the spiritual year as forerunners. But, um, you know, it's kind of weird. January 1st is on a Saturday, which as a kid always used to kind of irritate me because I thought, that's a holiday. Saturday, you're off anyway. You know, I like to have... Oh, and you had to go to church. <laughs> well, yeah. And I, I think, you know, I liked it better when it was on in the middle of the week so that you had the holiday and then you also had Saturday off. But it is what it is. So New Year's Eve is on... Friday night. New Year's Day is on... Saturday. See? That's right. Because I know I got the Sunday school schedule, and Tammy had scheduled me to to speak in Sunday school the day after Christmas. And I thought, you know, I, I went through that mental, like, what? Yeah. <laughs> the day after Christmas, do people even come to church that day? Well, see, yeah, I've got to figure that out, too, because we will. But, you know, <laughs> it's just, we'll have to turn this this into what God wants it to be. Yeah, I mean, it's, of course we come to church. I mean, we've had church on Christmas Day, and we've come to church. I mean, that is the priority. And, I, of course, I'm fully committed, and I, I just, I, it was just like that, that calendar thing. I was thinking, oh, I wait know. a minute. I know. So we'll have a, a Christmas Eve thing here, thing, um, which is Friday. Uh, we will... I haven't talked to Scott yet to make sure he's going to be here to run the equipment, but we'll, I know a number of you like to join with us, um, even those in Europe, um, it's a lot later there, so maybe on Christmas Day you'll join in and feel the part of this congregation that we know you are. Uh, but what we do in prayer for New Year's Eve, we're still trying to hear from the Lord. And we'll talk about that here pretty soon. Pretty soon. We've done all kinds of things in uh, prayer over New Year's with the network. And uh, we don't want to just create something. You want to make sure that you're doing what the Spirit is wanting done, and that's the most important thing. So, you know, I I was thinking of when we went to Christian International, and it, it may have been the first time we went, and there were all these people sitting in a room, and when it came time for someone to get their prophetic word, this lady would call 
person's name and they would go and meet with one of the teams and there was a there's this lady who was reading these words these names and she I'm sure she's a very nice lady but she had a really weird type of a accent she pronounced things very strange strangely so we're all sitting there and she says is there someone here named Duda? Duda, it's time for your word. And there was a guy who worked at CI, and he You're was joking. kind of funny. No, this guy, and he, he nobody was answering. She and really so, said that? Yes, I'm telling you the truth because this is one of my funny, favorite things. So he stands up, this guy that worked for CI, and he says, Come and get your word today, do-da, do-da. <laughs> and everybody laughed. I'm never going to live this one down. Well, whoever whoever do-da was, they were not there. I Maybe missed my word. You. Maybe oh it was for goodness. you. Oh, my goodness. Do-da, she said. Do-da. <laughs> but you're, you're obviously a transplant here in the South because nobody says that that way. Do-da. Well, I I remember those days at CI. I'm telling you, I, I we did we did three years of that prophetic training, mm-hmm. and I'm very thankful for it. I mean, I, I I look back and think of things that we learned there, and just there's just a lot that we learned. But I love the way that the Lord just formed him formed us in his own way mm-hmm. but um i, I do I, I i have so many memories of those experiences and so many funny things which i sh- dare not share but i remember that first year when we were staying in you had us in a a condominium and there was i think four or five women that were staying in that condominium uh-huh. sandra and ruby and me and Tony Holloman, who's no longer with us, and then maybe it was just the four of us. And we we would get in the car in the mornings to drive over to the church. And our whole drive was, it was either silence or, and we would get close to the, and and either me or Sandra would start praying. And we would just literally pray that we would make it through the day. Yeah, that was it's like Lord, because it was it was something that stretched us in a way nothing had stretched us before, and and you never knew when you were going to be put on the spot or called up. And man, talk about your flesh dying! I mean, it was definitely. I think if anything, it did that for me. It caused my flesh to start burning away because um, it was it was really learning by fire how to prophesy on the spot. And, you know, in some ways that was really good. In other ways, I'm thankful that, I don't know. It's just, it's just yeah, I interesting remember, memories. I remember when we, we hosted one of the APTs because I, I remember calling, um, and we had to get approval to do it because I thought we're bringing, I don't know how many people we were taking there all that way. And then a lot of the people weren't able to go 
And so we worked with them to host one of them here. And that was interesting, too. Um, but those, those were unique days. An entry into being able to perceive what God was wanting to say to somebody and then to have the, the boldness to say it. And that really was a, a, new, a new thing. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we put together our own version of prophetic training and um, because we were a little bit different than them. We're not saying better. I'm just saying we were different, and they recognized that. But um, Incidentally, this is changing the subject, but I know you spoke on Sunday about the signs of the times and foretelling the weather and the, the skies. And I, in the middle of the night when I was awake, I saw an article about China where they're trying to manipulate the weather weather patterns mm-hmm. um, to be conducive with certain things that they're doing. It's called seeding or, you know what I'm talking about? Seeding the clouds? Yeah. Well, that, we used to do that here in America. I don't think it ever really worked out that well. Well. But the Chinese, who knows? I know. I just thought that was a really interesting timing when I read that. I thought, whoa. <laughs> I tell you, this uh-huh. is a strange world. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, Sunday, about a third of the way into that message, I felt like I was in, it was one of those rare times that ha- used to happen all the time. I was just in battle. And so Monday when, when I spoke the message again, I told Luke and Sylvie that and uh, in French to, to present it for, for the French-speaking people, and I went a completely different direction with this with the passage and talked more about why Jesus was saying that. And it, but but there's something there, this foretelling and this cleaning and envisioning and embracing the hand of the Lord. Um, that the enemy is just furious with. And, you know, I don't know what any of you do who are in ministry, but I went home and, man, I just, it was, it was bad. And um, so anyway, I, I think, though, that with that measure of opposition, we're we're on to something that the enemy does not want us to have. And so <clears throat> anyway, so the the point for us is that we need to keep seeking the Lord and keep asking him to enlighten our spiritual eyes of understanding for the purpose of us representing him as heirs as saints and to be able to envision by his spirit what the scripture says the height the depth the width and the breadth mm-hmm. so um yes. you know and that that's kind of a, a simple thing to perceive uh, what it means 
Um, you know, you're looking to the heavens, you're looking to the impact where you are and the depth of what God's doing where you are. You're looking at where you're supposed to be going forward and you're looking at the expanse of how much you're supposed to be doing on either side and going forward. But it's, it is about that foot. It's about taking the stand and moving in the kingdom. Amen. Amen. <laughs> well, anything else you'd like to say? We've said a lot thus far, and I don't want to just drag things out if there's nothing else that the Lord wants to say. Um, it's like that scene from the movie Lincoln where he said he was talking and he was talking to his cabinet. He said, reminds me of the preacher who said that he'd finished his sermon, but he was, he was too lazy to stop. <laughs> I don't know what that really meant, but everybody laughed. And I, I do think that when you say what you're supposed to say and you're finished, you it is finished. You're done. It is over. It is finished. All right. Unless you mm-hmm. have any further word, we'll let you go a little bit early today. Uh, thank you for joining us. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to Olivia Zafus who is listening to us from Remork. Oh, from the Remork area, which is, I guess, in Switzerland. Um, She's a faithful listener from week to week, and I just want to bless her today. She's faithful to to tune in and then let, let us know that she's listening and with us. Yes. So you have a remark from Remork. Mm-hmm. A remark That's from remarkable. Remork. Yeah. So hello, Olivia. I hello, heard from, sister. from Julia just a little bit ago, and she has been halaling and wanted to share just her thanksgiving and gratitude for that revelation and um, share testimony of how she's been before the Lord in that regard. So we bless you, Julia, if you're listening or when you do listen. We love you. And I'm assuming Luke and Sylvia are are joining with us. If not, I'm sure they will listen. of course, they must be. And it's later. I just want you to know that we love and miss you very much. And I, I ran into some people last night that I haven't seen in a while, and they asked me about travels and it just the reality that it's been over two years now no no it's been exactly two years because two years ago december we were in france or belgium or switzerland (laughs) because we were traveling september october november and december of 2019 right before the big lockdown and then that was the last time we've traveled internationally so I just, I just, my heart just can hardly stand the fact that it's been two years now since we've actually seen you face to face, but I have hope and 2022. Yeah, it's, it's just, it really is inconceivable that that for so many years we were just gone 
a good portion of the time in the fields of the Lord. And um, we're still reaching out. (laughs) We're still very busy, probably more so than we were when we were traveling. But um, it's just, there's just something about being on site. And we pray that in God's timing that that will happen and it won't be hindered. It's like what Paul the Apostle said about there's a great and and effectual uh, door door that's open for me, but there are many adversaries. Please pray. And um, I, I believe that we need to be praying for that. So. Okay. All right. God bless you all. Abiento. We will see you. Well, <laughs> well, you may see us if you're halaling, but we'll talk to you tomorrow, Wednesday Night Live. And until then, be blessed. Adios. Bye. <laughs>